because Jesus didn't come to create church. I don't want you to think about religion because Jesus is not interested in religion. In fact, Jesus constantly fought against religion. What Jesus is interested in is relationship. And I don't want you to even consider me and how, what I'm doing this morning because, friend, you don't, you don't want to consider my life. You just want to look at Jesus' life. You want to focus on what he has done. You want to focus on what he has accomplished. And, you know, too often we, we turn, sometimes I think we've had bad experiences in church. We've had bad experience of people that call themselves Christians. And, and so we tend to take our focus off Jesus because we think Jesus is church or we think that Jesus is religion. But Jesus is none of those things. Jesus is not church and Jesus is not religion. Jesus is saviour. Jesus is our friend. Jesus is our king. He's our Lord. He's the guy that never lets you down. In Mark chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, it says this, when the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners, that's Jesus they're talking about, the sinners and the tax collectors, and you've got to understand, if you understand anything about history, you'll understand that being a tax collector was way worse than being a sinner. Sorry if you work for Inland Revenue this morning. And they asked the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? In other words, he shouldn't be messing with those. He shouldn't be sitting with those people. He shouldn't be hanging out with those people. He should be with us, the religious people that are outside of the house. And on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not, called to, come, I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. And the thing I love about this scripture is that Jesus is showing here right in this moment, all the religious people are saying, why are you hanging out with the sinners? And he's trying to show in this moment that he actually loves every single person on the face of the planet. In fact, he loves the people that other people don't want to love. See, the problem with the religious people and the people on the outside is they don't want to love the sinners. They don't want to love the tax collectors because they were considered, those are the people you don't want to be part of in society. They don't want to love the homeless or love the broken. Or, but Jesus showed right from the start that his intention has always been to come for those that are broken, to come for those that are hurt, to come for those that others don't want a bar of. Jesus fully embraces. Jesus embraces the sinner. The people that he rejects are the people that act like they don't have a problem. And every single one of us in this life, we all have issues and stuff that we're dealing with. None of us are perfect. None of us, uh, and the thing about Jesus, he doesn't want you to be perfect because he embraces sinners, but he resists the proudful people. He resisted the religious people, but he embraced the sinners. Jesus was always the one that embraced people, the woman caught in adultery that everybody else wanted to stone to death. Yet Jesus said, he who is without sin. In other words, if you're so perfect, you throw the stone. And no one could throw a stone because all of them had sin in their lives. And then he just said to her, lady, just don't do it anymore. Your sins are forgiven. You go away and sin no more. Jesus was always about embracing people. Jesus was always about loving people. He healed the blind eyes. He opened the deaf ears. He helped the mute to speak. He touched lepers. Nobody touched lepers. Lepers were outcasts. But Jesus always touched the lepers. Jesus always laid hands on those and spent time with those that everybody else rejected. The message of the cross, friend, has never been judgment. It's always been inclusiveness. It's always been a message of accepting you just how you are. 
Religion judges, but relationship embraces. And Jesus was always about that. Jesus was always about us. Jesus has always been about our mess. Our sin doesn't worry him. It doesn't frighten him. Our faults and our failings, he doesn't sit at home chewing his fingernails, worrying about what he's going to do because those things don't bother him. He's not upset by them. He's not scared of our mess. I can remember once being at the beach and I got talking to a lifeguard and, and, and I said to him, you know, have you ever got yourself into a difficult situation, you know, risky situations as a lifeguard? And he goes, oh, of course, yes. Plenty of times uh, I've been in risky situations. Plenty of times my life has been at risk sometimes. But he said, you have to understand something. You can't save people on the sand shore. To save people, you have to be where they're drowning. And Jesus, Jesus had everything he could ever want, but he had no hesitation in throwing himself into the deep end, into the drowning, into the sinful world that you and I come from. And he threw himself in there, not because he wanted people to think that he was great, but because he wanted to save you and make you great because he wanted to save you from drowning. He had no problem jumping into the deep end. He has no problem rescuing us. It's what he is created to do. It's what he was born to do. It's what he wants to do. If you need rescuing this morning, he isn't running in the opposite direction. He's just waiting for you to put your hand up and let him know that you're in a little bit of trouble and he'll get out there and he'll save you at the risk of his own life when he died on the cross so that you and I can be rescued. It's not a message of judgment, the cross. It's a message of acceptance. In 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, he became for your sake poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says, He, that is Jesus, orchestrated this, Jesus, who had not experienced sin, became sin for us so that we might embody the very righteousness of God. I'm here to tell you this morning that He's not here to judge you, but He became so that you could become. He became poor so that you could become rich. He became sin so you could become the righteousness of God. He became the deaf and the blind so that you could be healed. He became all the things that you don't need to become so that you could become. He became everything that the world despised so that you could become everything that He loves. I'm telling you, friend, it's not a message of judgment. The cross is a message of acceptance, of inclusiveness, of everything. We live in a world that thinks that Christianity or that God wants to be exclusive, that wants to reject everyone. But I read a gospel that says that God became all those things so that you and I can become something else. He became so that I could become. And I don't need to live according to everything that's wrong with me because I can live according to everything that's right with Him. Because He became so that I could become. Isn't that awesome? That he became so that I could become. Peter said this to the crowd in Acts 3.15. He says, you killed the offer of life. And we did all of that with our sin. Sin killed the offer of life, but God raised him. 
from the dead. And you are my witnesses to this. You see, if Jesus just died on the cross for our sin, then that's nice. But, it's, but once my sin's forgiven, then what? See, he didn't, he didn't say that I've become sin so you can become nothing. He says, I became poor so that you could become rich. I became sin so you could become the righteousness. You see, the cross without the resurrection is only half the story. It's only part of the whole thing. I think the cross redeems us, but the resurrection transforms us. You see, the stone wasn't rolled away from the entrance of the tomb to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away from the entrance of the tomb to let the disciples in. So that the disciples could go in and see that death, where is your sting? The Bible says this, that the wages of sin are death, but when Jesus took the sin on the cross and he went down into Hades and he defeated the devil, made a public spectacle of him, then the tomb was empty. When the disciples came and saw the empty tomb, they realized, hey, there is resurrection life after this. There's more than just Jesus accepting me. There's a power to live in a way that I've never been able to live before. And now God spends his whole time rolling away the stone from our tombs of our prisons to let us out, but also to let him in because the Bible says this, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides on the inside of you. And I don't know about you, but I've got some tombs in my life. I've got some hurts in my life. I've got some stuff that has happened to me in my life where I need Jesus to come and roll away the stone from the tomb of my, of my insecurities, from the tomb of my hurts and my pains so that not only that I can break out but that he can break in. And then my tomb isn't left empty, but it's filled with Jesus. It's filled with his resurrection power. In the resurrection, Jesus took what the enemy meant for torment, that is sin, and he used it to transform us into righteousness. He says, I became sin so that you could be transformed into righteousness. What does that mean? It means right standing with God. He became so that I could become. You see, just taking on the sin without the resurrection doesn't help me to become. He took the torment of sin and filtered it through the cross and the resurrection and gave us the power of a transformed life. You see, sin forgave me my sin but the resurrection has transformed me. It's taken me from something to something. He became so that I could become. He died in such a way as resurrection has given us so much grace that you and I can be stronger than our problems and we'll discover a power through His grace, through His resurrection that we never realized we ever had before that will enable us to live in a way that we never knew we could live before. I, I get that God's forgiven me of my sin, but I need to live in the resurrection power. I need to live in the power of His resurrection, which is the power to, be, to not go back to the grave again, to not go back to sin again, to not go back to those things again, to not go back into my tomb again, but to stay out of the tombs and to be living in this victorious life. And just get the musicians and singers to come. That'll be awesome. 
And this I love. I want to finish on this scripture this morning with you. And we're just going to sing in a moment. And it's in Romans 3.22. Romans 3.22. And it says this. We are made right with God. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus, placing our faith that He has paid the price for all of our stuff. You know that He's even paid the price for the stuff you haven't even done yet. When Jesus died, He, he, he paid for your sins, past, present, future. He paid for the lot. So next week when you stumble and fall, it's okay, He paid for that. You can get back up on your feet again. Why? Because you live in the resurrection life. And resurrection life always gets people up, never pulls people down. Oh, people say, man, I want to experience the power of God. I want to experience that resurrection power. Well, for there to be resurrection power, there has to be a death. And he says this, that we can be made right. We can put to death our past. We can put to death the stuff that isn't right. We can be made right with God if we would just believe that Jesus did what He did, that He died on the cross for our sins so that we could be completely forgiven. But not only that, but He rose again. He rose again. And the reason why He rose again is so that He could have power to transform your life, not just save it, but to transform it. Not just to deliver you, but to take you into. He became so you could become all the things that God had planned for you. And it goes on and it says this, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. This is for everybody that believes. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what you've done, no matter what you think you've done, no matter what lies you believe, no matter what things you think about yourself, no matter what the teacher has said, no matter what your mum and dad have said about you, no matter what your sister or your brother have said about you, no matter what the church maybe that you were involved in before said about you, no, no, doesn't matter what the religious idiots that have spoken death into your world have said before, Jesus says this, that you can be made right with God if you just believe that Jesus accepts you and doesn't reject you, that the cross is not a place of judgment, but it's a place where He embraces the sinner so that you can be transformed into all that He has planned for your life. The church is not a place for judgment. The church is a place for acceptance. The church is a place for life transformation. In fact, the Bible says this, that it's appointed to man to die once and then the ju judgment isn't here on earth. It's when you face him in heaven. It's not now. He's not here to judge you now. He's here to accept you now. His arms are wide open and he wants you to come home. Whether you've never given your life to him before or maybe you haven't, you've walked away. Or maybe you just don't think you're good enough for Jesus. Here's the thing I want to tell you this morning. <laughs> you'll never be good enough and you'll never be too bad because His acceptance is not based on you. It's based on who He is. And He will never let you down. So just as we get every eye closed in this place, 
Nobody looking around this morning. I want to speak to you this morning. I want to say, you know what? I feel like Jesus is here this morning. He's just saying, will you come home? Will you come home? I know you've had a bad experience with Christians or may you've had a bad experience with church. You've had a bad experience with things and maybe your life hasn't gone the way that you wanted it to and you think to yourself, man, how can God accept me now because of this, that and the other thing? Friend, you're missing the point. It says in Romans that we can be made right with God if we believe in what He did, not in what you have done. It's not in what you have done, it's what He did. And it's for every single one of us, no matter who we are. I don't have to do anything to fix myself. I just have to believe in Him and let Him do what He does best and transform in my life. Jesus is here. His arms are open and He's saying, will you come home? And maybe you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin or maybe you've walked away from Him. Friend, here's the cool thing about Jesus. He's already forgiven you of your sin before you even asked for it. All He wants you to do this morning is accept Him as your Lord and Savior. He's already paid the price. He's already done the work. He just wants you to accept Him as His Lord and Savior so that He can get into the transformation business. If you're here this morning and you know, man, I'm not with God the way that I should have been, or I need to give my life to Jesus Christ this morning. If that's you here this morning, while no one's looking around, can you just put your hand up and when I see it, I'll ask you to put it down. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else says thank you. Anybody else this morning, thank you. Anyone else this morning? You want to do that? One last chance. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else this morning? Man, I just... I just feel like there's some people here, you have, you have walked away, really. You come to church, but you've, you could even be here every week, but you've walked away in your heart, you know what I mean? I just want to give you an opportunity this morning, just return, if that's you. Anybody else this morning? Anybody else this morning? Right, why don't you stand to your feet, we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing.